we've dialed up the Pac-Man podcast. Patriotic American Citizen, that's what PAC stands for. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Networks. You know, I'm reading a story in World Net Daily this week, and I didn't hear about it anywhere else, not on CBS, ABC, NBC, or CNN. Donald Trump has maintained for two years, and I believe him wholeheartedly, that the election was stolen. The Democrats say there's no, there's no, uh, there's no proof of that. There's no evidence of any uh, fraud. There's a post office in Baltimore apparently has turned up evidence of fraud. How else can you? How else can you look at it? WMAR-TV, the city's ABC affiliate, said the USPS facility in Baltimore found a tray of undelivered mail, and it included 26 blank ballots from 2020. The Board of Elections in Baltimore is trying to understand how this happened. I bet they, I bet they don't know. Now, mail-in ballots are more susceptible to fraud than in-person voting, obviously. Mail-in ballots are supposed to be prioritized, but for a block of homes in southeast Baltimore, theirs came nearly two years after they were supposed to be delivered. That's the report from WMAR's statement. Nick Frizzoni is a resident of Highland Town. He contacted the station and said, I received my 2020 general election ballot August 6th of this year. Same for his neighbors, he said. Now, 26 ballots, is that enough to overturn the election? No, obviously, but you take this, what what happened in all these inconsistencies in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and they start to add up. I'm not going to read you the whole story. It's in WorldNet Daily. But the uh, statement from the post office continued, according to WMAR, we deeply regret the late delivery of these mail pieces. And they went on to you know give a, a lame excuse. This is just unbelievable. Now, what's known about the 2020 election, presidential election, is that the results, almost without doubt, were influenced by what are called Zuckbucks, $420 million in Mark Zuckerberg money that he handed out to mostly leftist elections officials who then used it for get-out-the-vote efforts in Democratic strongholds. That money was distributed outside the channels of any regulation that normally applies to political campaign spending. Then you have legacy and social media corporations uh, working together. They're suppressing the, the, uh, the accurate but very damaging reporting about Joe Biden, his son Hunter, and the family's uh, international business schemes just days before the election. And the media is still covering up for the younger Biden and certainly for, for the president. He's got, he has got, there's some dirty money in Ukraine that the Bidens are involved in and the Pelosi's and Adam Schiff. We don't hear about it. Let me read on here from WorldNet Daily. When senior legal correspondent Margot Cleveland explained that factors included every illegal, these are some of the illegal, uh, the inconsistencies uh, in the 2020 presidential election, every illegal drop box placed in Democratic heavy precincts. And when the Pennsylvania legislature unconstitutionally authorized no excuse absentee voting, And when Philadelphia clerks illegally inspected ballots and then told Democratic activists which voters needed to cure their ballots for their votes to count. And then you have Wisconsin election officials ignoring the state election code, telling voters they were indefinitely confined because of COVID. And that nursing homes could ignore Wisconsin's requirement that special voting deputies oversee elections in residential facilities. And on on it goes. John Davidson writes for, John Daniel Davidson writes for The Federalist, and he warned that the 2024 election is being rigged right now 
in plain sight in much the same fashion. I know I was reading recently in Wisconsin, the state legislature said the, uh, the drop boxes are illegal. A judge in Wisconsin ordered the drop boxes removed. They haven't been removed. It's like they're defying a court order, the Democratic officials in Wisconsin. So it's going to happen again. So this Davidson, uh, John Davidson, who writes for the, the Federalist, said he, he cited the FBI's raid on, on Trump's home in Florida, which purportedly was to look for secret documents belonging to the government. That's what we're being told. Actually, there have been claims that those accusations were planted in the media by the, the administration, the Biden administration, the regime, and that the FBI agents actually were there planting evidence and installing bugging devices. Now, I'm not sure that's the case. Who knows? It's like an episode of 24, as I've said. The FBI raid on Trump's home isn't about prosecuting the former president for January 6th. It's about fixing the next presidential election. That's what Davidson thinks, and that's what a lot of people think. The news cycle this week has been understandably dominated by the FBI raid on Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago, where he had armed agents, I forget how many FBI agents, were supposedly looking for classified documents the FBI believes were improperly removed from the White House at the end of Trump's term. That would be a violation of federal law, if that's what happened. That hasn't been proven yet. And I was reading further about this. I guess Trump is a uh, pack rat. He saves everything. He puts everything in boxes. And we know people like that. I, I, I know people personally like that. And the former president and hopefully future president is a notorious pack rat. Well, if he put those documents in some box by mistake, then, you know, it was wrong to do it. But it was not intentional. Anyway, uh, I, I have so much I want to get to. I can't spend a lot of time on what's happening. But I think the Democrats and their cohorts in the media are looking again to and these Democratic operatives around the uh, in the swing states and other states are looking to steal 2024, the election in 24. If they can do it, if they get away with it this time, there's going to be hell to pay. There's uh, an IPSIS poll out that shows six in 10, roughly six in 10 Republicans believe the former president should be their party's presidential nominee in two years. The poll was conducted again by IPSIS USA Today, and it found that 59% of Republicans want Trump as their nominee in 24. Not DeSantis. He's a, he'd be a great candidate. But they want Trump. It's still his party. 41% want someone else. And this is this d- divide is kind of among conservatives. Uh, there are people who voted for Trump in 2016 and in 2020, and they will vote for him again in 24. But they say, you know, somebody else should be the nominee. He's got too much baggage. The Democrats are going to go after him. The media's going to go after him. He's been in, uh, he's been impeached twice, both times. It's been we know it's bogus. He's got too much baggage. I would say, I, who cares? It doesn't matter who the Republican nominee is. The media and the Democrats are going to go after him, whether it's DeSantis, whether it's whoever it is. I think Trump should run again. And if he gets a nomination, he'll win. And let me tell you something. The Democrats know it, and they are scared to death about it. Let me see if I can just weed out some of the uh, numbers in this poll. At one point, the poll asked Republicans to list positive traits of Trump. 90% said Trump is willing to use all tools at his disposal. That's a positive. He's a fighter. 87% said he fights for his constituents. That's us. 86% said he fights against woke politics and cancel culture. Nobody else is as effective at it as he is. That's why he should be the nominee. Democrats were asked to list important traits of Biden. 
It was a short list, let me tell you. I'm, I'm kidding. 92% said he had significant experience in government. He's been a moron for 50 years, basically. He's been in Washington for 50 years and has done nothing of consequence. 86% said he had a major, he has major policy knowledge and expertise. Maybe he did 40 years ago. 85% said uh, he is focused, in quotes, on bringing the country together, which he's the biggest divider since Obama. 83% said he fights for his constituents. Well, he fights for half of the country at the expense of the other half, basically. But 60% of the, the, the main thing in that whole story is that 60% of Republicans want Trump to run again. Speaking of fighting for half the country at the expense of the other half, I want to touch on the president's uh, uh, student loan forgiveness coup. And, uh, you know, I'm writing a column about this. It's going to be up uh, probably on the uh, the BMG network. It maybe is as you, <clears throat> pardon me, listen to this. It's probably already up there. But I'm working on a on a column, and uh, I mean the president just canceled student student loan debt for some 40 million borrowers, no authority but his own authority. And I think it's probably one of the worst domestic policy decisions of his presidency, and that's saying a lot, frankly. What about the people who pay? There's one a story of one woman. It took her 40 years to pay off her federal college loans. 40 years. And it's just unconscionable. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, I am somebody who had, or I don't know if, the, if it's, it, it's a, it takes effect immediately, but I have a few thousand dollars in student loan debt that's, uh, I guess, apparently wiped off. The, uh, somebody else has to pay it. And... Uh, the government's going to cancel $10,000, up to $10,000 for borrowers who make less than $125,000 a year, and $20,000 for those who received Pell Grants. And the administration says about 27 million Americans will be eligible for up to $20,000 in forgiveness, and some 20 million will see their balances erased. That's great. Now, some of the memes on Facebook have been priceless on this, and I'll just read you three of them. To be clear, no plan to eliminate student debt exists. There is a plan to transfer that debt to those who don't owe it. It's simple but true. It's exactly what's happening. Here's another one. If your college degree isn't valuable enough to you to pay it off, why would you think that I would want to pay it off, right? Here's another one. So millions of Americans will have their debts paid off by tradespeople who chose not to attend college because they couldn't afford it. That's what it is. You know what it is? It's another transfer of wealth scheme. And this is really all the federal government does. Basically, two-thirds of what it does, it takes money from some segment of society and transfers it to another segment. It's a government wealth transfer scheme. That's all it is. And Biden is buying votes. The people who are having their, their debts forgiven, are, they tend to vote Democrat. Tradespeople up who people who work with their hands who didn't attend college they tend to vote republican they are some of trump's biggest supporters that's what's going on here is does that bring people together you heard about some of the results of that poll i read about ipsis and usa today biden's a unifier he doesn't unify he divides americans and that's what government that's what democrats and liberals tend to do they want to divide the nation because the nation is easier to control people are easier to control if they're divided and angry because then they look to government. I'll tell you, I'll give you another example here. We've got to run after this, but 
There, Governor Hochul, New York Governor Hochul, I'm in upstate New York, by the way, in case you're just tuning us in for the first time. Again, I'm Ted Flint, and this is God's Country on the BMG Network. But our governor last week told Republicans to get out of town. She used those words. And, she's de- and, and Democrats do this. They demonize not just Republicans, but especially supporters of Trump and supporters of Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. Is that the way to gain votes? Well, it's a way to gain Democrat votes. You know, you had the president last week saying, a week ago, whenever it was, saying that he uh, didn't respect MAGA Republicans. Millions of Americans, 75 million Americans voted for Donald Trump. You have, num- I was almost called him something I'd, I'd regret. President Biden saying that he doesn't respect MAGA, MAGA people. They're angry. They're violent. They're semi-fascist. You've heard it all. Then you had the uh, this idiot, the press secretary there, Karine Jean-Pierre, doubled down. She claimed that MAGA Republicans were fascist. They attacked democracy. They're trying to take away voting rights and freedoms. That's what they're doing, the Democrats. But they accuse Republicans of being fascist. The Democrats, Biden is a totalitarian thug. And if they recall Republicans fascists, I think Republicans should return the favor and say, look, you people are communists. Call them as, as you see him. Biden's a guy, a unifier, saying he doesn't respect MAGA supporters. And then you had Kathy Hochul this week. You know, she tapped into Andrew Cuomo. She channeled Andrew Cuomo. Remember a few years back, he said, uh, if you're an extreme conservative, if you are pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, you are not wanted here in New York State. This is not your home. This is, in other words, get packing. That's what Hochul said last week. This is her direct quote, and we're here to say that the era of Trump, of Zeldin, and Molinaro, you people just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town because you do not represent our values. You are not New Yorkers. Well, i got news for you. Governor, I'm a New Yorker through and through. I love New York State. It's a beautiful place to live. I love the four seasons. The change of seasons are incredible. Christmas in upstate New York, beautiful. The Adirondacks in the summertime, no better place in the world to fish than the Adirondacks. I love it. The government is absolutely abhorrent. It's horrendous because of people like this radical idiot we have as governor, Kathy Hochul. Now, all of a sudden, she's radical. Ten years ago, she got the support. She got the endorsement of the NRA. Now she's right on board with the progressive agenda. I don't need you to tell me, Governor, what it means to be a New Yorker. You're the one who's going to have to get packing. I'm not saying Lee Zeldin is going to be the the next governor. I hope he wins. To me, I think he's weak. I think Republicans need to nominate a conservative. Find a a real conservative. We need to give New Yorkers an alternative to the hard left Democrats that that are put up by the other side, whether it's Hochul whether it's uh, Cuomo. Cuomo wasn't hard left. But I mean, these downstate Democrats who run the, the entire legislature, they're the ones who need to be sent packing because they're not real New Yorkers. New York is a very uh, diverse state. you know. But New York City thinks the world, the sun rises and sets on New York City. If it doesn't concern New York City, then it, it's not important. That's their view down there. But you tell millions of New Yorkers that they're not New Yorkers just because they don't share your radical political views? Unbelievable. I wish I, I could go on, you know, indefinitely on this. I want to leave you with something my wife sent me on 
Instagram today. It's hilarious. This is probably several years old. James Comey in, in 2016, when he came out a month or so before the election, presidential election, and to give uh, an update on the Hillary Clinton investigation, her emails, 60 some odd thousand emails on a private server. Uh, somebody, this is from Real America's Voice, and they put together this little uh, this little musical number with uh, James Comey, former FBI director, and little snippets from Hillary herself. This is very well done. It's about 60 seconds. We'll, we'll leave you with that. And again, if you want to uh, contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the BMG Network.com, all lowercase. Tremendous programming we have on the BMG Network. We have the Ken Burns Show. We have Adrian Ross, my daughter Madeline with uh, the Essentials with Maddie Flint and this show, which airs, I think, Wednesdays. And we try to do at least one show a week, maybe sometimes two shows a week. So we'll leave you with this little piece here from America's Real Voice. And then uh, if the Lord wills it, we'll talk to you real soon. Good morning. I'm here to give you an update on the FBI's investigation of Secretary Clinton. What I want to do is tell you what we're recommending. But first, let me tell you what we found. 110 emails, 52 email chains that were determined to contain classified information. What difference at this point does it make? Eight of those chains are top secret. 36 of those chains are secret. And eight contain confidential information. What difference at this point does it make? Everything I did was admitted. There was no law, no regulation. Secretary Clinton should have known that an unclassified system was no place in that conversation. I did not email any classified material to anyone on my email. None of these emails should have been on any kind of unclassified system, not even Gmail. First of all, nothing was marked classified. To the contrary. Nothing was marked classified. There is evidence that nothing was marked classified. Now let me tell you what we found. Oh 110 emails. It was not the best choice. 52 email chains. It was a mistake. It was determined to contain classified information. What difference at this point does it make? Eight of those chains were top secret. Was the best Six of those chains said it was a mistake. Eight contained confidential information. What difference at this point does it make? With respect to our recommendation, this is going to be an unusual statement in at least a couple of days. Although there is evidence, our judgment is that. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.